We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie. It is 94 WIP. Uh, Elliot Shore Parks will join us coming up in uh, just a moment. First, John, let's get to the Twitter poll question of the day. And today's question, what impressed you the most about the Eagles' win over the Giants? Put four choices up here. Uh, coaching, Hurts, offensive line, and pass rush. We put them in alphabetical order. Um, it's a tough one, man. It really is. It's really tough. Everything was stellar. I will say one of these got significantly less votes than the other three. And I'm surprised that this one got that much less than the other three. John, what do you think won? Coaching, Hurts, offensive line, pass rush. Oh, uh, what would you vote for? I uh, You said Hurts earlier? I would have voted for Jalen. Seltzer, yeah. what would you vote for? Coaching. Man, I am really baffled on this one. I would probably vote for offensive line or pass rush. I, I guess I'd, root, I'd vote for offensive line, but it's tight. All right, John, what do you think won? Jalen Hurts. He finished in third place. You're kidding. No. I hope we're not taking him for granted. No, that, that we're was... not. No, that's not. No, don't, don't worry about that. The, the other units are all great. Offensive line won this poll with 37% of the vote. Coaching was second with 34. Jalen Hurts was third with 21. Pass rush only got eight. And that's amazing because I thought the pass rush was unbelievable. And we gave that stat earlier in the first half. Daniel Jones was officially pressured on 64% of the place, well, you know, that he dropped back, which is um, the third most in the history of the NFL since they started tracking this That's amazing. about 20 years ago. So NFL playoff game, that is. All right, let's talk to our next guest. He was there. He's covered it all year. He's been covering it for a bunch of years, and he might be uh, getting ready to, to see another Eagles Super Bowl. And for that and more, we turn to our guy, Mr. Elliot Shore-Parks. How you doing, Elliot? Yeah, I think the issue is when you win 38-7, to you could pick any real part of the team. But uh, I would have gone pass rush on that one. I really think they dominated early, so I'm surprised by that. I I was a little surprised that one got, you know, know, trumped so much. Elliot, a lot of parts to get to here, but I want to ask you sort of an open-ended first question. When you're watching that game the other day, particularly once you get to the second quarter, third quarter, and you just know it's over, fourth quarter, what were you thinking – about the Eagles' chances to win the Super Bowl this season? I felt they were going to win it. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that there's been long stretches of this season where you could debate if they're the best team in the NFL, but there was no debate. They were one of, you know, four teams, five teams that had a real chance to win the Super Bowl. But I think that last month, and, and maybe I overestimated it, but I thought the last month with the injuries, the you know, kind of poor play, it didn't feel like that's where they were. It didn't feel like 
when you watched them. Like, forget what the numbers said. When you just watched them, they didn't look like that dominant team. And the Giants certainly played a role in that. But when they went up even just 7 to nothing, I thought, okay, yeah, they're, they're back. You could just tell watching it yeah. that this is a team that, if not is going to win the Super Bowl, has a really, obviously, really, really good chance to do so. Was that the most complete win of the season? Probably. I mean, you know, I really don't think the Giants are very good. So I think that's maybe something you take into consideration. But I thought they played a really clean game. I mean, obviously, it's only let up seven points. I would think that's the best their season off the top of my head. So defensively, you know, as good as the offense was, and I think seeing Jalen play like Jalen was was obviously reassuring. Mm -hmm. I thought the reason that the game felt like they were never going to come back was because of the way the defensive line and the defense were dominating. So uh, yeah, I mean, it probably was the most complete game, especially when you consider it was the playoffs, right? I mean, remember what happened last year. So, yeah, I would say it's probably their most impressive performance. What does this coaching staff harp on after a win like that? What What do they tell the guys they mm-hmm. need to improve? Yeah, so, I mean, situational football, they were really good against the Giants on that, and the Giants are pretty good at situational football. Third down, red zone offense. But if I'm the coaching staff, those are the two things I'm harping on again because I think against the Niners, you know, and they're not as good at it, ironically. The Niners are in the bottom half of the league on both third down defense and red zone defense. So uh, if situationally, if the Eagles can keep focusing on that, keep executing at a high level, it's going to be huge against the Niners because you know, they're probably not going to win that game by 31 points. You would think it would be a little bit closer. So converting into red zone, you know, extending drives, I would harp on situational football. Again. Elliot, what can you tell us about A.J. Brown? It was very obvious, especially on the TV version of the game, that he was frustrated on the bench on the fourth quarter. Could you tell, or yeah. did he address postgame, if that was related to he wasn't that involved in the game when he played, or he was frustrated that he was injured, or the fact that they did not let him go back in the game because he was a little banged up? Mm-hmm. So he did not speak after the game. Off the top of my head, I think that might be the first time all year he didn't speak. So, you know, a little a little weird he didn't didn't speak. But he was in the locker room. I saw him talking with his teammates. He seemed to be in good spirits. So, you know, Nick Sirianni talks today at 245. Maybe we can get an update there. And then I'm sure AJ will talk during the week. Um, I wouldn't read too much into that. You know, I think he's going to play on Sunday. And if he's frustrated in the moment, he's frustrated in the moment. But I, I don't think this is – something that you know the fans should worry about do you know what the the injury is uh they seemed a little banged up stayed down quite a while after a couple plays yeah. what's the deal yeah, th- yeah there were two plays i think in the second half yeah. where he was slow to get up um you know I, again i saw him in the locker room he seemed fine i don't know what exactly was hampering him uh you know maybe siriano will give us some detail uh later but i, I think he seems okay elliot what'd you sense from lane johnson in the locker room after the game how he came out of it he seemed good. Uh, you know, I, he played awesome. I mean, there was, there was a moment in the game where uh, I think it was a running play where he kind of sprinted down the field after the running back. And I think it was a really good, you know, honest look at how he was feeling. Because if he wasn't feeling good, you know, he probably walks to the line of scrimmage or he's not running at that point of the game. So, um, you know, even last week when he practiced, he came out of that practice feeling much better than expected. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm assuming, you know, he's going to play this Sunday. He, yeah, he played really well against the Giants. So, I think at this point, you know, it seems like all systems go uh, for him and he's playing well. Similar question about Jalen Hurts. Well, just your impression of him physically after the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a little interesting. He kind of stuck with the good enough when talking about how he's feeling. Uh, 
before the game, uh, you know, Pam Oliver said that Jalen told her he wasn't close to 100%. So maybe it's something he's dealing with a, a little more than I thought heading into the game. But, but at this point, when you look at how he played, uh, his willingness to run, I thought his deep ball to Devontae, or I think it was on the first drive, was a really encouraging sign early about yeah. how he was feeling. So, again, with him and Lane, and, you know, with a lot of players, but those two specifically, they're not going to be 100% probably the rest of the year, right? Two more games. There, right. There's not just enough time to heal. But I do think they're at a point where if they do not play, if they play poorly, I don't think it's injury-related. I think they're, they're healthy enough to go out there and play. We've had, uh, we've had some callers today giving Jonathan Gannon props. Uh, was rare occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> How differently yeah. did he coordinate this game, or is it just this was more of what he does and we didn't give him credit before? I, I don't think he did anything that different. I mean, there were a few plays where he blitzed. Uh, yeah. You know, the interception was caused by blitz. But one of the biggest misconceptions is that they don't blitz. I mean, they, they were in – I think they finished in the top half of the league or maybe right around – there in terms of blitzing again they blitz more than the Niners who everybody loves to talk about how great the Niners defense is the Eagles defense is very comparable to the mm-hmm. Niners defense in a lot of ways so I, you know I really think that uh Saturday was mostly they got after Daniel Jones early they got him you know kind of rattled the Giants really don't have much talent on offense and they dominated right seven points to seven points no matter who you're facing but but I don't think he did anything drastically different because it was the playoffs. Um, I just think they played a, a bad offense and they dominated. Yeah, it. you know there were there were there were blitzes in this game where we were beaten because we blitzed. Like there was yeah. one there was one long run. I, I remember a Saquon run uh, when on their drive where they scored that was entirely because we were aggressive, mm. uh, like overly yeah. aggressive. We ran right and, by it. And that's the thing. I mean, look, blitzing is something you do when you don't have talent on defense, right? Because you need to compensate for it. You need to fabricate ways to, to get pressure. So the Eagles don't have to do that. But, yeah, if you blitz, there can be positives, right? You hit Daniel Jones, he throws it to James Bradbury. But it's, it's really hit or miss. And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. if you blitz a ton, you're going to give up big plays. Yeah. And one thing the Eagles don't do is give up big plays. Elliot Short Parks. So, Elliot, Saturday was obviously very intense. Sunday, much more casual for a lot of us, just being able to watch all the games, yeah. you know, chill. What did you think of Brock Purdy? I mean, he's going to be the quarterback Sunday at the link. What did you think of his performance? So uh, I thought a couple things stood out about, about Brock Purdy. One is he does move well in the pocket. Like, I, I, he does avoid pressure. I don't think he's a threat to, to turn open lanes into 20 yards. He only picked up, I think, five first downs all year running the ball. But he can move in the pocket. He can avoid pressure. He certainly does put the ball in harm's way. I mean, if Diggs picks off that pass, maybe they lose that game, right? So – there are there. I think he, he is risky with the ball, but I do think he's better than, you know, the Jake Fromms of the world, you know, some of these guys they've faced. I think if the Eagles don't get pressure on him, he's good enough to sit back there and pick them apart. But I do think he is someone that if they can get at him early, he clearly can be rattled, especially in Philadelphia. It's probably going to be the most hostile place he's ever played. So I think he's definitely a beatable quarterback. Me too. Elliot, what, um, what do you think Jerry Jones is thinking this morning about Dak Prescott? <laughs> you know, do you think he would go after Sean Payton and Tom Brady? I was thinking about that. When you think about the fact that you could move on from Dak Prescott if you wanted to, you could save like $30 million. He might not bring back Mike McCarthy. He's always been interested in hiring Sean Payton. And Tom Brady's always been interested in working with Sean Payton. That was kind of my thing. I mean, mm. look, they'll probably bring him back, but I don't think enough people are connecting those dots as Tom Brady's 
going to look for a new home, and Dallas is likely looking for a new head coach. So that, that was my thought watching Well, that's Dak. interesting. That's a very interesting thought, and I'll say this. The Brock Purdy performance in six days could also factor in because, you know, San Francisco could want to try to get Brady. Yeah. Of course, he grew up there, and they obviously have a team roster-wise that's good enough to win the title. The question is, is their quarterback good enough? So, yeah, you and, know. You know, I think at this point they're probably going to bring Purdy back, you know, barring a complete disaster. I don't know, man. That, that I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see the Purdy thing. I know a lot of people are high on the Purdy thing. I don't I don't quite get it. All right, Elliot, shape the week for us. I mean, how much of this is just a normal week? They played on a Saturday. They now play on a Sunday. Uh, what is normal this week? What is different this week for the Eagles from a yeah. practice standpoint? Well, from a practice standpoint, and we have not gotten the schedule yet, but but I would assume that they're going to handle this exactly like a regular week. I mean, that is one thing you hear a lot from Jalen and Nick Sirianni just in messaging to the team is, you know, treat it like a normal week. You know, every week's the same. We play for each other. The opponent, the stage doesn't matter. So I would think they would intentionally try to keep things as normal as possible. But there's also the reality that they're in the NFC Championship game. Things are going to be different. There's going to be more media. There's going to be more media obligations but i would think in terms of when they practice the meeting times those type of things they'll try to keep it as normal as possible uh wednesday thursday friday with thursday being the most intense practice elliot last thing and the really important things why didn't jeffrey Lurie dance in the locker room after this game the way he did five years ago after the (laughs) divisional round win he was getting getting down five years ago man it's it's a good point but i i think at this point it sounds crazy but it's they're kind of, you know, not want to say used to it, yeah, ex- but expected I, I think it. Yeah. the expectations are higher now. The 2017 team, we believed in them because something was going on. The 2022 team, we believe in them because they're awesome. And I think that's a difference in how you celebrate a win like that on Saturday. I agree with you. I think they're better this year. Elliot, good yeah. stuff, man. We'll talk to you, I'm sure, multiple times this week. Thanks, pal. Yep, sounds good. Talk All to you. Right, there he is, Elliot Sure Parks. Let's go to Wade right now. Wade, you're on WIP. Yo, what's up, y'all? Listen, man, I want to uh, shout out, like, a standing applause, like Joe do to the fans of Philly, man. I was at the game. They were standing up the whole time. I'm talking about they didn't sit down. Yeah. Nobody sat down. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Matter of fact, let me get out of my chair and let me echo your – let me – Outstanding job. We got athletes that want to come here and play for us because they want to be in this atmosphere, like the way the fans celebrate with the, with the – uh, with the baseball and the way we celebrate with the football. So athletes want to come here and perform and play with us. Like we, like we, we a big market, like everybody else, New York and Boston and everything in Cali, California. Now we getting the players too to fit our market because they show that we put on like the Eagles. It was a great game. I want to like, we, it was giant fans there. The Eagles fans didn't mess with them. Like, you know, getting the fights and throw stuff on them and everything. It was like we was tailgating, like we tailgated from eight in the morning all the way on down. It like it's gonna be crazy because the fans gonna be drunk, and we handled ourselves with all much respect. Good like, man. No, nothing turned out. I, I want to uh, give a thanks to Mike Scott for taking that sacrifice because ever since he got beat up, there ain't been no fighting and all that stuff. So that's no, there's good. been a little bit of fighting. I don't think we've no. had no fighting for three years, but the Mike he, Mike Scott thing was quite a yeah, moment. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just well. Since then, we've been real. Only thing happened was the popcorn. And that ain't about nothing. That was better than popcorn and soda. You know what I'm right. saying? So, right. I, I'm, I'm happy, man. I want to give a shout-out to my, my, my game buddies, man, Harry G's and my man Jerry Raw, my bro Kyle. Man, I, there you man, go, we, Wade. Wade, you was, spread that love around. That's good work, man. man. It was good out there, man. That was, that was, that was, it was everything. And we ready for Brock, man. Like, it's not, it's, Lee not Brock not coming through the link and getting anything done. Yeah. So, All right, Wade, everything. Wade, great, great phone call, man. Always great phone call. Um, it's going to be really tough for – a rookie quarterback to manage that noise. I agree, John. And the offensive line, they'll be a tick late. 
against our defensive line, man, it shapes up very nicely. Well, and I think the fact that it's a rookie quarterback will create a heightened sense of awareness for every single Eagles fan in there to go to the nth degree and keep it on. Sometimes it can waver. I mean, James, you've been in the games. It, you know, yeah, late, late first quarter, second quarter, you kind of lose a little bit of that steam in the beginning. Like, it's hard to maintain for three straight hours. And and let's be real. I thought the crowd for the Phillies in game the no hitter, four, game I believe. Four, yeah. yeah. Like, you could feel even before that game got away from the Phillies, the crowd did not feel – it just didn't seem the same. I'm not ripping anybody. It's just human nature. I mean, it's hard to scream for three straight hours, especially at a baseball game, you know, and do it for three straight weeks, basically. Um, but I think the crowd on Sunday will smell blood with Brock Purdy. And I think the crowd will will naturally maintain. And I, I look forward to it. I think it's, it's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage. Christopher right now. Christopher, you're on WIP. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Super, Christopher. I figures. <laughs> uh, two things. Yeah. First thing I just uh, – uh, did anyone catch the two f bombs? <laughs> they caught Sirianni. Of course. Uh, do, uh, drop in one end. I believe it was uh, uh, one of the linemen. But yeah, two of those. But the reason I really called was uh, am I the only one that's sick and tired of the NFL making it a priority to have ex Cowboys announce our games? Well, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, I'll say this. Romo's really good and Aikman's really good. So, you know, it is what it is. I think Moose Johnson's pretty good. Um, does it get a little irritating at times? Sure. But I, I think those three guys are, are, are pretty solid. Well, I do too. But why do we have to always have a Dallas guy? It seems to me they start out a little biased against him but have no choice but to praise him. Johnson seemed that so. way exactly. I, I think Aikman and Romo are pretty fair. I think I think Moose Johnson's fair. I, I, I mean, he was towards the end. I thought in the beginning, like I said, I thought he was a little biased, but he had no choice but to he was he was piling on the praise towards the end, I have to say. But I'd still rather not have a, a Dallas Cowboy on every one of our games, which is what it seems like. Yeah. Just for for what it's worth, Chris, just to be fair, number one, Jaws was – I mean, he got elevated to the point where he was Monday Night Football announcer for about five or so years. So you don't get bigger than that, or at least back in that era you didn't. Number two, Donovan got a legitimate crack at national media out of the gate uh, in retirement, and it didn't go very well. I mean, people said he just wasn't very good at it. Doc obviously had a run at ESPN – but, uh, you know, he, he eventually left that. I think that's when he came back to the Eagles, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. So that's his choice to come back to the Eagles. He's since left that. And not, to, and not to mention, it's not like we haven't had pretty good representation across sports through the years. I mean, maybe not the NFL quite as much. But, you know, I mean, we, with our proximity to New York City, we've had more than our normal share as a city of people nationally. You know? I understand that, and I agree with that. Uh, and I have no problem with them having their jobs. Yeah. Just can't they do the other games? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Christopher. Well, it is what it is. I don't, I don't think I was going to convince that guy. No, yeah. <laughs> we weren't. We weren't going to. We weren't going to have uh, equal uh, mindset there. Chris in Flower Town. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, fellas, how you doing today? Outstanding. Exceptionally uh, well. Fellas, everybody's reading on a lot of good points. I just want to ask. I got two quick questions for you. One is. After all the, the accomplishments all year and the way they controlled most of the games, 
Do you think most of the coaches in the NHL will go with the training camp regimen of what Nick had? NFL, you mean? Um, yeah, NFL, yeah. Good question. I'm a hockey guy, sorry. I got gotcha. you. Good question. Yeah. Um, it's already been trending that way, but if you're saying even easier, maybe. Because I mean, I, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to, Chris, physical. I'd have to know more about how Cincy, San Fran, and KC trained, you know, to to be able to answer that question, you know, more insightfully. Well, I I paid close attention to what Andy Reid was doing. What was he to doing? To compare yep. to what Nick was doing, and I felt like Andy was more intense. They were more padded. They were longer practices. But hey, you know, it, there's a there's a happy medium in there somewhere, yeah. and and we are erring to the side of I think a little too light, but you know that's something that they can tweak. And Do you still think out. that? Uh, say no, James. Get in his ear and say say no, say no, say no, say no. I think you need to practice no! football to get good at football, and we didn't do enough of it. <laughs> you didn't do enough! Yeah. What if they were pretty good at football on Saturday? What if they win the Super Bowl? Right. Will you feel that way if they I, win the Super look, Bowl? Look, I, I, think, I think it's easy to make assumptions because this team is so incredibly talented and well-coached that the reason we're so good is because of the way they handled the training camp. Look, I think if you hit that team, this team, every day in training camp, They'd be a good team. I think if you walked through every day in training camp, well, they'd, they'd be, good. be a good. The team. question is whether they'd be so much not injured. I mean, they have a couple things right now, but not much. And anyway, Chris, you've you've sparked yet another controversy in, in the history of this topic within our show. It's it's like a merry-go-round. Every couple of weeks, we get back to it. All right, can I throw this in for a morning tune show for sure, you? Uh, sure. Open here it goes, yeah. fellas. <laughs> This is for Jay and Jay in the morning. Well, thank you. I don't know what it is. Is it the Flintstones? What is that? Oh, good times. All right, good fellas. times. I love it, Chris. Thanks for the phone call, man. I that was one of the things during the pandemic that I really am glad I did. I really prioritized watching good times. That was good. I was literally going to say that was a good time. All right, <laughs> let's go to Chris in Harrisburg. Hi, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing? Super, Chris. Good. Hey, I uh, just wanted to say, I, I wonder if we're in a quarterback factory mode here. <laughs> I know we're in a quarterback factory, but how about a coach factory mode? Because Sirianni hired all these guys, and I really think Jonathan Gannon deserves a lot more credit because everybody makes mistakes, and sure, he made a couple, but he got through it and persevered because right now there are only four really good quarterback coaches yeah. right now in the league. Well, for defensive and for offensive. Yeah, I'll say this, Chris. So there's the assistant coach reality like you're talking about, including the coordinators. Then there's Sirianni himself. It wasn't lost on me. I was thinking about it on, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday, watching whatever game I was watching at the time. I do think Sirianni is in the top three of most criticized first-year coaches in the history of Philadelphia sports in my lifetime. And those three are Charlie, Doug, and Sirianni. And Charlie and Doug Peterson are the two guys that have won a title in the last 38 years. And Sirianni might be about to make it a trifecta. I mean, it's, it's actually almost, it's almost impossible that the three most scrutinized and criticized first-year coaches could be the three guys that actually deliver a championship. It's preposterous. Yeah, well, looking around the league, too, all the other coaches that came from Philadelphia. And plus, not to mention, we have the, the best 
the water kids, water boys, water girls, top to bottom, nobody's in the hot tub. Everybody's getting fixed up right. Remember a couple of years ago, everybody yeah. was in the hot tub. Everybody yeah. was getting worked on. And now we don't have that. Some, of that, some of that is luck. Up. Some of that is great, yeah. great medicine, science with the doctors and trainers. Some of that is you just realize don't hit your wagon at Jason Peters and Deshaun Jackson anymore. Exactly. That's a huge part of it. It, it is because I think how we realize, like, yo, I mean, and Chris, good stuff, but I mean, my God. Different players are wired differently. Seriously. Jason Peters missed that game yeah. yesterday. He missed the game. I mean, whether he couldn't play or chose not to play, who knows? But Signature the real move. But he didn't play. But he didn't play. Yeah. He, he did not help his team in that game. James, you heard what I just said about the three most. Do you agree, James? Oh, it's such a great point. Three? They are absolutely the three most. Like it's not even close. I, I, mean, I don't know who would be next on the list. A first year criticist. I, I, no one. Like on no that one. list, that way, yeah. no one. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, that's a great point. And I mean, we it, thought it's, they were all goobers. <laughs> did right we really did i mean andy received criticism in 99 but it was really stemming from one decision and it was he just was not going to give in and play donovan until he felt donovan was ready and that was irritating in the end i think he was proven right i mean that's clearly his approach he did it with mahomes sat mahomes for an entire year now granted he had a pretty good quarterback in alex smith did not have a good quarterback here in doug in 99 but just he had a, he had a plan with andy and, i mean with donovan he was going to stick to it for half the season um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a fact. Let's go to Joe in Northeast Philadelphia. What's up, Joe? Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, happy new year to you and a healthy one. I haven't talked to you before, uh, since uh, before the new year, Thanks, um, about the, um, about the Eagles. Uh, first of all, before I get off, I, I want to tell you about a little scuttlebutt that I seen at, at the post game that I hope this uh, doesn't affect our, our quarterback until after February the 12th. Okay. Um, but, um, I, I'm in a household with an adult daughter who, who likes Prescott and followed by my wife who follows my daughter. So, you know, um, I, was on, <clears throat> I was on the phone with my 10-year-old um, granddaughter uh, at, at the start of the game, and I just told her, I said, uh, I need some reinforcements there. So I told her to watch out for number seven. Jason going after the quarterback, and boy, did did Reddick have a great game. Yeah, he, he and, was. And what I, I liked about his, the edge he had afterwards, how he said, you know, the Giants were a little full of themselves, and uh, you know that they weren't. We're not. We were not the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, uh, you know, defense there. So, right, by the way, uh, you're, I feel like you're burying the lead here, Joe. You said you got scuttlebutt for us. Come on, let's get to the what's okay. what's the dirt. All right. I'm I'm watching the post game I, I and uh, I, I I see this baby doll walking down the uh, corridor and uh, I I well, hold, hold on. before we go any further is a baby doll a female woman or uh, what yeah we... a female woman yeah yeah and uh, I, so I recognize I recognize the uh, the jacket and our big security guy he's he's by by the door uh, door um, the one door where the the Eagles can come in and then there's a, a door before that so this girl turns around walks down so I recognized the jacket from the post uh, from the sideline reporter uh christina pink okay so uh she get, goes up and i, I so at the at the other door entrance before you get to our our security guard um aj brown goes in and here comes um jalen and this girl wraps the uh, pink wraps her arms around uh jalen and 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 they both uh, hug 
there. So I thought that was a little bit strange. Well, it's not. But, but listen, you got to remember, Joe. There's a lot of relationships across the league. I mean, for instance, there was a pregame interview yesterday. Um, Fox, Aaron Andrews interviewed Dak Prescott. And they showed at the end of the interview those two giving each other a hug. That's not unusual. Yeah. I thought Fox Hugging made a mistake. A thing, yeah, right? it is. I thought Fox made a mistake showing that. Mm-hmm. I, I was hanging out with some friends, and I said, no, that, that's, they shouldn't show that. That's the kind of thing that happens, happens and you yeah. don't usually see it. Totally. I mean, listen, and if it's not a hug, it can be you know, the way even just dudes will, you know, where they say, James, dap it up. Dap it up. Is that the term? Yeah. And would you say a dap is like a hug? It's like a bro hug. It's like a bro hug, right? Yeah. It's, it's all good. So n- nothing, to, nothing, to, nothing to see there. Let's go to Ben in Wilmington. Hi, Ben. Yeah, how you doing, fellas? Great, Ben. All right. So I'm a little bit of a rare breed here. I'm from Delaware. Uh, my father's originally from San Francisco. I only had a choice to pick other sports because football was his only one that he picked. So I'm a Niners fan, but I'm also a uh, Eagle – or I'm sorry, a Phillies uh, Flyers and Sixers fan. Oh you guys God. covered. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You guys covered the Phil's great over the playoffs. I'll say that it was all. I mean, Ben. Generally, listen. Generally, my thought is, if you're not 100 percent in, you're out. Yeah. Now that I might be rude, understand. but I. <laughs> I understand. So I watch all the Eagles games as well. You know, being local, um, and then I also pay for the ticket so I can watch every play of the Niners game as well. Um, I'll say we. As a, as a Niners base, we feel a little like we're playing with house money. We do got a rookie quarterback, right? Um, we also have phenomenal pieces and a great defense. So it's kind of like now's the time, but we got a rookie quarterback. Um, you, have faith, say, you have faith that this game is going to go your way? I have faith it's going to be like a great game. Sounds like that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have faith it's going to be a great game. I'm going to go. Uh, the plan is to go. You wear, um, you wearing a Niners outfit? Nope. Yeah, nope. S- smart. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it's smart. I'm I'm Philly enough that I know. Uh, <laughs> I went to the the uh, Eagles Niners game last year, and I wore an Iverson jersey, so I'm oh, I'm a little man. bit you know. Um, but what I'll so you're say kind is incognito. Yeah, you're kind of a wuss, but I get it. From one <laughs> wuss to the next, I get it. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so what what I will say though is. Uh, what I'm most afraid of is Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts seems like he's he's back. Seems like he's health. Uh, he's healthy again, and I do believe he has the ability to neutralize some of our pass rush by being able to scramble. So yeah. that's what I got. Well, that's true. Listen, and, and, true. and Ben, good call, man. And we'll see how the week develops, and I'm sure we'll hear from a few non fans this week, as we typically do around this time of the year. You know, opposing fans find their way in. Um, the Hurts thing is a huge factor, John, because he will be under some pressure. This is not going to be a game. Like, I would say it's almost impossible. I saw Dak Prescott. It felt like he scrambled for one first down okay. yesterday yeah. where things broke down. He found a lane. And I, I just couldn't believe he didn't do that more. He was he was content to sit in a collapsing pocket yeah. play after play. And I just can't imagine Jalen doing that. No, he Jalen won't do it. And he will have to move because it's essentially impossible for the O-line in this game against that front four to play a clean game. I mean, And and they're going to game plan for it. They're going to move the pocket. It's going to be bootleg. It's going to be play-action rollout. Some of that's going to be built in. But when we pass protect, if it breaks down, he'll be gone. 
and that's a first down. One of the things, John, I really loved about this game Saturday night, Dallas Goddard looked like he is fully back, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was huge. Well, and, and by the way, him and Kittle, they're like mirror images, man. Dallas got, I was encouraged. There was the third and one early. If you'll recall, we did the quick pitch rather than try to QB sneak it. Lined up like it was going to yep. be the QB sneak. We did the quick pitch, and Dallas Goddard was the lead blocker out there running a sweep, essentially. And he was all in Dallas Goddard as a run blocker. And I had not seen that for a month. So that did my heart good. I was happy that he was now flat flat backing guys, you know, like yeah. getting into it, sticking his face in there, driving with his legs. I mean, he locked on and drove that guy 20 yards. It was awesome. Yeah, he's great, And man. that's part of why I felt like Dallas Goddard was the best tight end going, because he would do stuff like that. And then for the last month, I'm positive someone got in his ear and said, hey, be careful. Mm -hmm. We need you for this postseason run. Here we are. We're in the postseason run, and he's back to playing like Dallas Scott. Yeah, I mean, I, I told you earlier, my favorite play of the game was the third play of the game when he caught a pass. It was only a nine-yard completion, but he just leveled a dude with his with his right hand. I mean, maybe it was an open fist. It was. So it's not, not a punch. It's more well, of a it, slap. There's no way you would punch a helmet. I, I, I'm just telling you, it, it kind of looked like a punch. It was. You think it was a slap? Yeah, it's a no, it's a stiff arm, <laughs> but it was more than a stiff arm. It, it was it was a slap it was punch. A, it was a real it was a high slap velocity punch. stiff arm. <laughs> Let's go to Robert right now in Germantown. Yo, Robert. Hey guys, how you doing? Great, Robert. Everyone seems to ask you that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do get that. Yeah, you know, thirty, forty yeah. times a, a show. It's all right. I got to come up with something else. Anyhow, uh, loved our game. I thought from the get go, we came to play. We were prepared. You could just tell they were they were out there first series on they, they weren't going to stop. Love to see that. Only saw two mistakes in the game. That one guy was wide open. He dropped the ball for a sure touchdown. Where that was the big defensive mistake. But that's going to happen, yeah. right? Yeah, that total blown coverage. Yeah, Who they were up thirty-one to seven in the fourth quarter. So, but yes, I know. But, but still, I mean, he's an NFL player. The ball just dropped in his hands. He was wide open. But that's the Giants. They just don't have our level of talent. However. San Francisco does, and, you know, I've been critical of our coaches, but I don't hate them. I just, I think at the end of the day, all things considered even, I was very impressed with the Cincinnati offense, very yeah, impressed yeah. with what San Francisco is doing on both sides of the ball, and I think all things considered even, it's going to come down to Will Sirianni and, and you know, our coaches, Steichen and Gannon. You know, it's going to ultimately become a chess match. Yeah, Purdy's, you know, Got some questions and issues, but they've won what? 11 in a row now? 10 in a row? 11, 12. 12? 12 in a row. And they're playing a good, good, smart system, both sides of the ball. Advantage, of course, they have to play before us. You're right. Oh, let's bring it on. Let's let's let's, let's beat San Francisco. Let's well, that's the Cincinnati. idea. Yeah. No, Robert, yeah. You're, you're right, man. And, and it's funny, the Eagles and Niners, and I'm sure we'll get to this as we move deeper in the week, but there's not – there's not a ton of history there. There's not a rivalry there. I mean, the Eagles lost to the what a Ray Rhodes team, Ray's second group in the playoffs to San Fran. That was 96. That was a Steve Young, Jerry Rice team. I'm thinking off the top of my head, James, is that it for playoff? It's the only time they've played in the playoffs. You are correct. Yeah. Good pull by you. And even from a regular season standpoint, it's not – I mean, listen, some notable things that happened. You got the Ronnie Brown play. Mm -hmm. It was an Eagles-Niners thing. Um 
you got that damn game in 92 when the Eagles got the first down and the refs took it away from them in the final minute in the game. They basically stole a game from Randall and the Eagles. And, of course, you got the game in the late 80s when Montana came in here and threw four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And the famous Nick Mullins game, of course, too. One of the Nick Mullins game. <laughs> you know, John, we will, I'm sure, look a little bit back to last year. I mean, both teams have come a long way since it, but that was a tough, tight matchup. I was at that game last year at the link, and it was close, but the Niners in the end were a better team. I remember at the end of that game when the Niners won, seeing Juszczyk and, uh, and Kittle, um, I, I don't know, hugging, high five, and whatever form of celebrating. Like, those are physically tough dudes. Yeah. They, yeah. They're they the type of football team, as an NFL fan, I admire what they put out there. Well, they've got a GM. Nothing soft about it. Who's all about playing, a, was all about playing a certain way, and he would just lead with his face right. and strike people. He was really an aggressive player, and I think he brings guys in like that. I think that's part of why we're – a better team this year when you compare it to previous right. seasons. You got toughness as a prerequisite. Yeah, and look, I think the Eagles are going to win the game, but I will say this. I'm sure it hasn't been lost in John Lynch since he knows the matchup. Uh, that Eagles-Bucks game in 0-2, I mean, he was he was in that game. And that's the, – the Niners remind me of that Bucks team. Really strong on defense, not as good a quarterback. They've been around for three, four, five years trying to break through. Um, and just hope the Eagles play a much better game against the Niners than they did that day against the Bucks. I don't know. That's an interesting idea, Brad Johnson versus this guy. Well, I think Brad Johnson was historically dog. He was decent with the Vikings. He was just average. This team, you know, but this team's got more skill position. I mean, look, that team had Warwick Dunn, Mike Allstat, and, and Keyshawn Johnson. I'm not sure who the other receiver is. I've absolutely Joe no vicious. He was the third, third receiver, yeah. I think. I think. But anyway, point is, this team with Debo, McCaffrey, you got Mitchell. I mean, you got, oh my God, you got the Ayuk. I mean, incredibly dumb play by Mitchell stepping Oh, it was crazy. Dude, that yeah. was awful. I mean, that was. That was <laughs> did you think of Miles Sanders? Uh, of course. Well, yeah. I did. Of course. Two times in a row. Was that last year? Yeah. yeah, that was really bad. All right, up ahead, time's yours. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIPA. Joint mobility is vital to people of all ages and activity levels. When injury or age affects your joints, the right decisions can keep you on the move. The Cooper Joint Replacement Team ensures that you receive the utmost care from pre-surgery education through rehabilitation. Their experts offer innovative techniques like computer-aided surgical interventions to allow for better patient results. Thanks to those innovative procedures and advanced technologies, outcomes have never been more promising. Your options have never been greater, and recovery times have never been shorter. Don't live with needless pain and discomfort any longer. Cooper is the leading academic medical center in our region. So if joint pain is holding you back, make an appointment with one of their joint replacement experts today. Call 856-536-1208 or visit cooperhealth.org slash joint replacement. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.